Good evening, and welcome back to an, a real in-season edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. Victory Monday. Victory yeah, Monday. It's a good day. It really is. I, I yeah. This felt so much. We were texting yesterday and today about like setting up our recording time, and this felt so much different than the spring, Rob. Yeah. Just like other football was on this week. Like I had, you know, I like a lot of people. Um, you know, I enjoyed watching Georgia Clemson after, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the end of it after the JMU game a little bit. I mean, even last night, that was really cool. Mackenzie Milton. Mackenzie, yeah. For Florida State. I mean, yeah, it's it just, this was, this is, we're back in football. And the 22 mm-hmm. plus thousand at Bridgeforth on Saturday made all the difference in the world. So. As did our, our fake fall that we're experiencing here in Virginia. Oh, the you weather. Teasing us with the weather. It was yeah. it'll, it'll be back to hellish summer in a matter of days, I'm sure. But it was just that perfect kind of tease where you're like, oh, yes, this is real. This is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, I may have some thoughts about kick times later in the show. But yeah, I thought (laughs) it was great Um, in in general. But yeah, welcome back, everybody. Uh, 68-10 victory for the Dukes. Um, Just to bear an avalanche of points in the second half um, against Moorhead State. I think many ways, a lot of things that were expected, a couple that were not. Uh, We'll get to all of those. As always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Those guys have to be happy with this weather as well. Um, <laughs> this is this whole week ahead looks great for fishing, so enjoy it. And go by the shop, mention the podcast, you get a free sticker. Um, pick up everything you need as the weather gets ready to turn cooler, we hope, at some point. Yes, and, um, eventually. Yeah, and big thanks to Mossy Creek. I know they had some Labor Day sales this week. I know they're just trying to clear out some summer stuff. So I think there are some deals still to be had this week if you go by, if you get a chance to go by the shop and check it out um, and book your trips for October, November. It's going to be amazing um, with those guys or your lessons. Uh, so thanks to them. Rob, we're going to do four downs tonight. I, I said last week, I don't know if you knew, Rob, I did go back um, and add. Jimmy got cut by the Redskins or we thought he got cut. And then there was like an injury settlement and we're still unclear about what happened um, or the yeah. football team. And we, I, I went back in last week and said, I had said things that were moot by the time the show came out. Um, yeah. But I, I don't have much else to update on the NFL Dukes. I think we'll have a fuller picture uh, once we really see the teams on the field this weekend. But I, I mean, there's some guys in Tampa and Dean Marlowe in Detroit and, Danucci made the practice squad in Dallas, so, you know. And didn't Rondell end up on Arizona's practice squad? He did. So, you know, some good things for sure, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see um, what the final results. The Dallas thing surprised me. As happy as I am for Nooch, I thought he was done. And I thought Carter had played well enough to at least be on their practice squad, mm-hmm. if not maybe even be one of those back end of the roster, you know, mm-hmm. praying for a shot, guys. But, but I mean, everything works out in the end. Maybe he'll, he's at Arizona now. Hopefully he gets a chance to make the 53 and, and see the field one day. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, even with Tanucci, you know, I, some of these coaches, I mean, I was thinking about, you know, Mike McCarthy, whoever, I mean, <laughs> you know, easy to make fun of Mike McCarthy and Dallas and stuff, but they know they had a rookie quarterback last year who had no, I mean, we've talked about all the crazy COVIDness of last yeah. season and maybe, you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of these coaches who want to give an honest shot to some of these young guys who may yeah, have, I mean, they didn't draft them for a reason. Yeah, and then even if you go out and like throw up on yourself a little bit, it, yeah. there were a lot of built-in excuses for that, and I, I, I'm just glad to get another chance to see yeah. if we can play out the you know the season. So exciting things, um, Rob. We're going to get into four downs from the game on over Moorhead State this week. Uh, I don't have much else. I think we'll we'll revisit 
JMU Sports World when it's not a Labor Day weekend. Um, next yeah, week, that's just, the that's thing. Just it's, it's football this week. It's football. As much so, as we like everything else, it's football. Yeah. Um, big news in this game. I, you know, JMU played – I think the score was probably as right about what we thought it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe even a little bit more explosive than I expected. Um, we'll get to that. Obviously, the big negative in this game is the Dukes lost left tackle Liam Fornado. It appears for the season. Uh, got rolled up in the second quarter. It's a bummer for him, a guy who had just, you know, the career started so incredibly well and has really struggled with injuries the last couple of years, and it sucked. Um, and I don't you know. You saw that one happen, too. Like, you saw yeah, him get rolled did. up on the left side. He down, tried to down play another it. play, and then, yeah. You could see him standing there. It was bad. Like, that's the ultimate nightmare for a lineman. I don't just know how it doesn't happen play. every play. I've always wondered how it doesn't happen every play. Every single play. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't get it because you've got those bodies going around and your teammates are tossing guys. And I, I'm amazed that you don't have more, like, major, major Mackenzie Milton-type yeah, yeah. leg breaks or, mm-hmm. or you know, um, what's the, the dude from Washington? Uh, Alex Smith. Uh, Alex Smith. Yeah. I'm amazed you don't have more of those types of breaks with linemen. Yeah. It just yeah. seems like it would happen when you've got 350-pound men falling on you. But, yeah. Um, and I think we're going to talk, we'll, we'll probably talk more about this as we look ahead to Maine. We're going to do our look ahead to Maine too at the end. And, um, yeah, we, we can talk more about O-line unless you, uh, but you, why don't you get us started with first down, Rob? Well, my first down was going to be womp womp. Oh, okay. The worst thing for now. Like I, I always say like these games, I, I view these games much the way I do with FBS. Um, FBS, I don't worry much about the result. I want to see good effort and I want to see people come out of the game clean bill of health. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of thing. For all intents and purposes, these buy games, the episode, they're preseason games. You, you want to get one or two in. This year, they only get one in for Maine, so it's maybe a little more important to see a stronger performance. But for me, the main thing is you want to see guys get into game shape, get the first hits of the season, you know, get the pads out, hit somebody else. But then you don't want to see any major injuries at all, but you definitely don't want to see any of your stars go down. And I think next to maybe losing like a QB, yeah. this is about as bad as it gets in yeah. terms of, of a season-ending injury in, in week one. Um, the silver lining is, like you said, unfortunately, they've got experience just doing this without without Liam last year. Yeah. Now we add to Gillespie not playing, makes it difficult. It's tough. I, in a weird way, I think it's probably easier for the team mm-hmm. because of what happened in the spring, but it's absolutely heart-wrenching on a personal level for that's for what to see for Natalie. I'm more I, it sounds stupid. I mean, I don't know the guy. I don't want to make it out to be any sort of like sob story or make it too personal about us, but like I hurt more for him than I do for me or you or the fans. Like oh, this is yeah. so much worse for a guy to come back to persevere through COVID, to make the decision to come back for an extra year, to try to win a championship, try, try to get some more tape out there. Because who knows, you know, if they played in the fall, there's a good chance he's in a camp right now. Um, right. So it's just, it just sucks. Like you gotta, you don't want to look too far in the future. He hasn't even had surgery. You don't know what the prognosis is, but the entire notion of somebody's pro dreams, it's got a little bit of that like booby miles type situation where it's just hard to watch on a personal level. Cause you don't know what could have been. Hopefully it's fine. Hopefully it's like, Hey, the guy can just go start working out, put together, make the rounds and end up being in position, you know, either to come back if he wants to, or to end up, drafted or in a camp sometime next spring, but it just really, really hurt to see the leader of the team or one of the leaders of the team mm-hmm. and a guy who's been such a strong contributor, who's been pretty healthy up until last spring to now have it happen for the second season in a row in the span of six months. Yeah, it, it is. And, 
you know, it happened mid second quarter. Like there was no, like, yes, it's preseason, but you play, you play the starters. Yeah. You know, like this wasn't like they were overdoing it in the fourth quarter. Well, particularly if you got the starting quarterback back there, you should have the starting line. Right. Right. And um, yeah, you're right. It's just for a guy who really did have legitimate um, pro aspirations to have to go through this. And in fact, you know, and just the timing of it sucks, right? I mean, you do this two years ago. And he still, let's be clear, he still has pro aspiration. It sounds does. like we're putting a nail in We're not. No, we're it's just, just hard. It just makes it more it difficult to think about yeah. a guy like Vad Lee. You know, the yeah. timing of that injury just really put him on this, like, crazy hamster wheel of, like, every different league to try mm-hmm. to follow that dream. And, yeah, um, anyways, good luck to Liam. I, I will say, Rob, I mean, like you just said, I, I'm not trying to silver lining this too much, but to me, I'm not as worried like what the starting line is going to play like next week mm-hmm. as I am just that the like the margin for any other big injuries now is gone. It's the depth, yeah. It's the depth, right? I mean, I thought Tyler Stevens played well in the spring and played really well this weekend, and he is shaping up to be a guy who's going to be a monster for the team, for the program. He's the next um, Fornado. He's the next Fornado. Yeah. Um, I thought the O-line, I mean – I don't know if you the Cole Potts block on mm-hmm. the long Latrell touchdown yeah. was fantastic. I mean, yep. there's talent here among the start the guys that were playing. After. Did you also notice right after he went out, uh-huh. they ran two plays right to that left side, mm-hmm. back to back. Yep. Um, so it's, there's. I thought that was sending a message to the team, like, okay, guys, it's time to play. And as much as we all were had high hopes for Liam, you know, he didn't practice a lot this summer. We know he was kind of dealing with some nagging stuff. They were working him back into shape, you know, coming off the other injury. Uh, You know, the team has played, like you said, they've played a lot of games and practices without him in the regular rotation. I Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, you hate to lose a guy like that, but I don't, you know, the the quiet part that I wouldn't say is like, I don't know, like play to play that they were significantly worse before and after. I just think over the course of the season, you're really going to miss a guy like that. Yeah. And it's things in a week like this where they were, you know, they were it, treating it like preseason. Mike Green and Percy were held out for what appear to be injuries they might have played with were this Richmond week or something, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, I, yeah, it's just, that's frustrating. I, um, I'm not as doom and gloom about this injury or this game as I think a lot of fans seem to be this week. Like, I, 68 to 10 is still 68 to 10. Like, I don't know yeah. like exactly what to say there. So anyways, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll find out this weekend on the O-line. So, Well, I say I certainly feel better about this Moorhead State victory versus the one we saw last February. Oh, like, yeah. You know, it, the score, the margin was about the same. It might not even been great. It might have even been greater. I think it was a shutout. In yeah, 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 yeah. But they didn't look look shaky. There were some. No, they looked. The good. offense looked. The, the offense looked a little bit unsure of itself. You know what's going to get. I thought they looked pretty polished. Um, I did too. I, I, so it's like I said. I, just, I feel more confident coming out of this game than I did the one in February. Well, and I listened to the Moorhead coach on Medea's pod last week. You know, they had the same deal. They had a lot of guys come back. Yeah. Like they don't have scholarships, but they had a lot more players. Like, oh, let's give it one more run. I'm getting this free year kind of thing. Like they felt good about their team and like their veteranness, and and they showed a little bit of that early on. So and they went uh, after it. I, yeah, I, I mean, hats off to them. I like the way they, we mentioned during the preview that you know they had a very good wide receiver QB mm-hmm. combo, and they made the Dukes pay a couple times, particularly early. 
So I, I really was impressed with their aggressiveness and mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't back down. Now, it didn't work out from on the scoreboard, but they were slinging around taking their shots. And mm-hmm. part of that is, as we see in the stats, like they were utterly incapable of running. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, I don't know, they, they showed some guts. They took their punches and they, and they threw a few of their own as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and that's kind of a, a segue into our own, me looking on the JMU side for my second down. I was, it's funny, I watched, you know, watching the game and you're kind of caught up in it all and it was only 17-3 at half and I was like, man, that seemed like really underwhelming. And then I went back and rewatched some this morning and the Dukes, I was really impressed with how aggressive the JMU game plan was in this game. And they were a couple of mistakes away from really blowing this open early and we'll get to some of those. I mean... And what I mean is I was impressed, first of all, from Shane Montgomery and Coach Signetti and the offensive staff. They have an advantage that most teams in the country don't have, which is they have Antoine Wells Jr. and Chris Thornton and Scott Bracey, who are just Mm -hmm. better than like 99% of the people they're going to play against. And they, in the spring, I thought at times, they I think part of it was not knowing the Cole and Gage and like not feeling comfortable in the quarterback situation. But they didn't, and Wells was brand new. Like, we didn't know what we had. They knew, like, they took shots immediately. They're just mm-hmm. like, we're going to beat you. And honestly, I mean, Wells dropped one he should have caught. Thornton dropped one he could two. have caught. Two, two maybe. I yeah, I mean, obviously caught. They both caught other plays. But this was not, not on Cole looked super comfortable. I mean, he was dropping it in right where he needed to. It's I also just funny. The nature of the position where yeah. Cole misses a throw, it's like, oh, my gosh, game manager. We just point out Thornton and Wells, both incredibly, incredibly talented guys. They both miss plays, and people are just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know. It's like, yeah, which is kind of how you should be. People yeah. should be allowed to make mistakes. Jamie quarterbacks are not allowed to make mistakes in the eyes of some fans. And no. to see after the first half on Twitter, people being like, well, this is what we get, Cole. Nothing more than a game manager. This is a ceiling. Oh, last spring, you know, that was a fluke. The guy set the program record for passing touchdowns in a game. And yeah. everybody's just like, oh, they're acting like he's Trent Dilfer. You know? Right. I know. Um, I just I, – I thought he was fantastic. I, I thought he it looked as good or better than I've ever seen him. He was throwing beautiful deep balls. He was getting rid of it. He yep. commanded the offense. He I thought really the play calling – Yeah, the play Pat. calling I thought was outstanding. I mean, it wasn't like they were doing anything out exotic, but the way they mixed the run and the pass, um, threw it around. I thought Van Horse as a receiver – got me very excited because that's a guy that I think has got a ton of talent and there's just not enough footballs to go around in the running game. But if you can line him up in the slot, I thought black catching a pass or two was really yep. good. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought Montgomery. Called well, and you know game. me, I love that they went for it on fourth and four there down at the yeah. 10 yard line or whatever on the second drive. Um, that was probably, I mean, you could argue that was Cole's worst throw, but he was just, I mean, the, the blitz, I mean, they, they did. I mean, he just yeah. had to throw it up. I mean, that's what he's supposed to do on fourth down. Um, I like that they went for it there. I thought they were, yeah, just the whole thing, um, you know, made me happy the way they attacked this game. And and looking back at it, I thought to myself, one or two of those drops and that fourth down, like if they kick the field goal or if they make that, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think we look at this whole half a whole lot different if it's 24 to three or whatever, then we would have at they seven. They punched that one in. It's totally different. Totally different yeah. thing. And and yeah. you just look back. They didn't do anything terrible. So that was my second down. Just real happy with the aggressiveness. If you got Antoine Wells Jr. at the FCS level, throw the ball. Like, yeah. just 
send him down the sideline and throw it that way. Like, and I like that Jimmy tries to do that. Like, and it's the old thing. I mean, you can you can run to set up the the pass or pass to set up the run. But when you mix them up like that, you just keep defenses on your toes. And geez, I mean, you got to worry about Wells and Thornton, but then you also got to worry about Black and hopefully in a few weeks, Percy. I thought Palmer looked to be in very good shape. Um, He's a devastating. I loved how Moats kept talking. And kept pointing out the fact that Palmer's just a downhill runner and he's always leaning forward. So he's always going to get you that extra yard or two. And he's always done that, you know. Yeah. But he seemed to have a little bit more of a, of a burst or a pep uh-huh. in his step this year. So that was exciting. Black was amazing. Black is an unbelievably crafty runner. Like the he's speed of the concert, it? the shiftiness is there, the speed is yeah. there. But man, the patience is there too and the vision. Yes. Like he waits and waits and then go, like it's. There's a that is something it's really difficult to improve. And yeah. I just I, I have thought like this. I, I know I feel bad for like Austin Douglas and Solomon Van Horse, but like, yeah, this it's not rocket science. Like, give the ball to Keelan and Percy and then bring and then just give Latrell the ball. Like, he's never done anything but like be awesome for this program. And this is his third season, and I just I've yeah, it's don't overthink it. <laughs> like, you, you know, play those guys. And I feel bad for some of the others, but like, this is not going to be. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, if you, those yeah. guys are all the type where they could come in and play, oh. get 10 snaps a game and have three catches and they could take one to the house mm-hmm. or, and on the other two, move the chains. Yep. You know, it's so like, this is going to be a challenge for the coaching staff to find ways to keep guys motivated and keep them feel like they're contributing when they're not getting the rock. But I like but the if, coaching staff ideas though. Like yeah, you said about I, I Van Horst. Like Van Horst, you know, I mean, Delvin Joyce is the all-time leader in yards from scrim- or total yeah, yards. Yeah. He got a lot in the kicking game, but like he got most of them just kind of catching passes. You mm-hmm. can you can make an impact if you get thirty yards a game. Mm-hmm. You know, catching passes, and then you also get a couple carries, mm-hmm. and like Van Horst is going to get some of the return game. You can make huge, huge impact on the game. Um, yeah. So I think I think both those guys could do that. I think Douglas is another guy. You could end up, you know, if you get 25 catches on the year and maybe you get 40 carries, that's mm-hmm. that's a serious contribution. Yep. And there'll be those weeks. There's always the weeks where the third or fourth string running back goes off for 75 yards. Oh, yeah. 100 yards. It always happens at Jamie. So keep those guys motivated. Keep them going because they've got the talent to be difference makers when they see the field. Mm-hmm. And I think these, I, I think also the tight ends, like I liked what the coaches, they ran a couple yes. of those plays where it's like, Painter yeah, and not like the downfield, but like this little like where they're using the tight end in the flat, mm-hmm. because that's just impossible to cover. Like teams are going to have to double, you know, they're going to roll coverage to Wells's side, so yeah. they're going to expect him to go downfield. Yeah, and then the running game is so strong for JMU that like they're going to load up in the middle. I just feel like the flat for a Van Horse or a Painter or a yeah Turner or Cheatham. I mean, that is just going to be like free five yards. Whenever yeah. you need it, sometimes. Didn't and they so, also put Cheatham at, at fullback? A little bit. Too? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So I, I just, I don't know. Those other guys, I think there's like free yardage out there when they get to the harder teams. That's just never going to go away as long as the yeah. rest of these guys are healthy. So what yeah. about you for third down, Rob? Well, I'm, I guess I'm Mr. Negative tonight, but no, since we're, no. we're being so positive elsewhere, the dumb penalties, man. That's yeah. about, I thought they did a great job of cleaning up if the Return game wasn't <sighs> dynamic, but it looked much more organized. So I was mm-hmm. happy about that coming out of, you know, what happened mm-hmm. at Sam Houston. But the, the penalties, you know, I mentioned last week that I thought that the defense was going to come in and be extra crisp. They were not. 
it took them a few series to warm up, but they still got there and were playing like a pretty darn good unit by the second half. So all things considered, that wasn't a freezing cold take, but it wasn't particularly right. accurate. Like it was better. Yeah, and but it was the, a little The, the penalties weird. were bad though. The penalties, the penalties like, on defense were so like putting aside like the CAA-ness of a couple of them, um, even if they're legit, they were spread out. Like yeah. there were there were a lot of guys playing, and I the, my positive of that was like the depth of players that played on defense early in the game, and like when the game was in doubt, was really impressive to me. And that's without you know Mike Green on the line, and um, I, I just or Hampton, yeah, right, or Hampton in the back, right. I mean, there I, I just felt like there were a lot of guys playing, and the penalties were, you know, they were. There were a lot of guys who were excited to be on the field and being physical. And like, I think yeah. I can live. I think if, if I'm JMU defensive coordinators, if I'm coach Heatherman, I think I can live with a couple of those. Like my DB was getting too physical with the receiver trying to make a play penalties for a little. Yeah, while. I hear you. I mean, none of them are like know. as costly as other games. I guess the wounds are still fresh from last year where, like you said, they one isn't, one isn't that bad, but you do two or three in a series or in a drive, that's what. So it's just the wounds fresh. I'd like to see him clean it up. There is the element that you're talking about, where in the beginning of the year people are amped up. They mm-hmm. also don't know how the game is be called from season to season. As crazy as that mm-hmm. sounds, there's different points of emphasis in college, just like there mm-hmm. is in the NFL. But I just, I'd like to see that improve. I didn't expect it to be perfect in week one, mm-hmm. but just clean it up. We don't need to give up any. We don't need to move the chains or give, extend drives because yeah. better teams will make us pay. Nice. Well, my fourth down is going to be sort of off the field, but I wanted to just a couple quick shout outs. I thought we should mention. I did think Taurus Carroll looked like a brand new player. Like, you know, we kind of been waiting on him for a long time and he's been a veteran and it's almost been like, you almost expected him to lose the job at some point, like, or to not be a number one guy, but he looked comfortable. And obviously like it's Moorhead, So we'll find out more. And we really will find out more given what Maine did through the air this week against the top defense. Um, we will find out more this week. But I was pleased to see uh, Torres Carroll looking like a real confident player out there. And then the other one, uh, you know, they announced that they lost the kickoff specialist from last year and Camden Wise is now handling the kickoffs. Thought he did a good job. Like the, the kicks, you know, it wasn't like blasted out of the end zone, but they were all at the goal line. You know, they forced Moorhead to make decisions about what to do. It Special wasn't like it was picking what they were doing. Yeah. Was, they, and when we heard we lost the kickoff specialist, I was like, oh no, here we go again. Kickoff's going to land at the 15. That was not the problem. You know, obviously the, um, you know, Ratke just, I don't know how he's going to score like 700 points by the time yeah. this is done. But, That's you know, machine. yeah, they were generally pretty clean. The one that was annoyed, the, it wasn't Shroba's fault on the one that, I mean, he, he let one bounce that he should and it got a good roll. Like I, I, I can live with that. So those are just. But he also, guys. I thought he did a great job, and this is very mm-hmm. kind of minute or maybe pedantic. I thought he did a great job of calling everybody off. Sometimes you don't see the, the returners yes. communicate, and yes. it rolls up, hit somebody in the back. I mean, yep. he was screaming and yelling, "Get out of the way!" And that's a very small thing, but as we saw, very small things can ruin entire semifinals. <laughs> like yes. yes. Oh well, the other thing I wanted to talk about, Rob, for fourth down is I just wanted to mention some of the like cool off the field stuff. I mean, first of all, the new video board looked amazing. Um, the banner video board above the Godwin press box or on the Godwin side press box is really cool. It's also really nice for the people on the home side to have looking across the field to have that. Um, 
It just particularly if you're down close to the uh, plucker because you it's tough to see the video board from it the is. seats. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, I really I think we all kind of enjoyed having Moats as the color guy. He was uh, really good. Week. He's yeah. strong. I mean, hey, he's just a guy who like now he has true NFL. I mean, he knows everything there is to know about football, you know, like basically. And he it was fun for him to be like, yeah, the young alumni love this new logo. And like, you know, like he also has this jam. I mean, not only is he a bona fide NFL player of many years, but also like a true blue Duke who just loves, you know, I, that was fun. And I thought the new guy, um, you know, I, I thought the new guy on the sidelines did a pretty good job. Um, we really, I think you and I both really appreciated Ali Barefoot the last couple of years, you know, it was, was cool to have more students, student. but, but there's a professional, nice professional too. Yeah, there is. And I think that could be, you know, he, <laughs> there were some fits and starts with that, but I thought overall pretty good. And then Rob, the tailgate, I mean, just the fans, 22,000, like the 6 PM kickoff on a beautiful day in the Valley, like incredible. The, the crowds what rewatching this morning. I'm like, the crowd sounded so good, like early in the game, you know, obviously it, really empties out later with that later. But I just, I love the later start. I'm excited. I think it's four o'clock this coming week. You need um, late starts though. Yeah. September late starts are Valley. so much better for these. Well, like, per, per, yeah. Particularly these early games. It's just uh -huh. too hot. Otherwise. Mm -hmm. And it was okay Saturday, but there've been years when it's been, you know, 92 degrees at, yeah. at one o'clock in the afternoon. You can't play football. Man. Well, and we're all a little rusty, you know, coming back from not truly tailgating in a while. Like it's good to, have the time a little bit to get, get everyone wound up. I thought that was just, you know, we've always been, we've always been a fan. Of, that's the one thing I haven't like changed as I've gotten older, Rob is in the old days, we used to root for later kicks, kicks. And I still like the later kicks. I know there are others who feel differently, but yeah. Um, so I, I just, all that stuff was cool. It was just so great to have everybody back and, you know, here's some Ergie's cheesesteak first downs and, you know, like, yeah. Some uh, Cross Keys Vineyards commercials. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and look, they, they did what they were supposed to. They blew everybody out. I thought we got a good look at Billy Atkins. His first college experience looked pretty, you know, he, at least athletically, he looked like he belongs on the field out there. Um, you know, I don't, you can't read too much into the fourth quarter against Moorhead State from anybody really, but. Particularly um, in your first college game. You know, and you're right about the, the charts. And you're right about the fans with Cole Johnson. Like he did tie the JMU record for most touchdowns in a game, and he got a little bit un, unlucky by his receivers. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, now look, the, some catches for him too. So again, they got chemistry. It's just it's a very tough position, and in a lot of big time college football towns. Well, and I kind of laughed, right? Because that when you did when Kurt mentioned it on the broadcast, like who he tied the record with. You can obviously tell this is much more about the era of JMU football than it is yeah. about, like it was Brian DeShore, Vad Lee, and Michael Birdsong, who, first of all, A, Michael Birdsong, that's wonderful. Um, but, but B, like all of those guys are, you know, either, I mean, Birdsong's the only one, what is that, desperate Mickey? And then the other two are, are post Mickey. So, I mean, this is really about the passing since JMU figured out that the forward pass is legal. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I kind of felt bad for guys like Riscotti and the guy they had on the broadcast at halftime this week was one of the original, was like the first starting quarterback. The guy from the second Yeah, you know. I was like, man, that's different. Yeah, yeah. So. Riscotti would go like 12 for 15 
for 170 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, but and today he, Scotty years. would probably love to go 27 Correct. to 40, you know, or whatever. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So. Scotty had an arm, and he was yeah. accurate too. Yeah, so – but I, I think overall, like the Liam thing is going to hang over this team for a couple of weeks, I think, just in fans' minds. Um, and, and we're all going to be nervous about if there's another injury. But other than that, I think this was a pretty successful week. And I think people need to like, 68 to 10 felt a lot like the Mike Houston 2017 season, Rob, that like, we're really good. And like, what? Like, <laughs> What is the expectation? Like, if you win 68 to 10, I don't really know what to, like, help you with. <laughs> like, if you're mad about that. I mean, is it just it, part of it is people maybe taking their cues from coach, but he's a coach. Every coach mm-hmm. is conditioned to, to use whatever mistakes he can find to motivate the team. So, of course, he comes up, you know, first half's an embarrassment. Yeah, if you're a coach, but he's talking about things that none of us noticed. Right. He's talking about mistakes that did not show up on television mm-hmm. where they might have even been good plays where somebody missed their assignment. But I think a lot of fans are like, yeah, I agree, coach. Yeah, I, I was mad. <laughs> you can't say what you're mad about. Oh. You know, if you were to break down the, te- the the film as people say, oh, I was watching the film. No, you weren't. You watched it on TV. There's a difference. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm sure the things that he is really focused on on fixing are not the things that most fans, some of them out there, sure, but mm-hmm. uh, most fans – do not know what he's talking about. Right. And he might, it might, I'm sure it's legitimate, but there's also just a lot of that, hey, don't be satisfied. And you can't just go in at halftime and say, oh, take it off, guys. I mean, geez, the very last game they played, they had a bigger lead at, yeah. at halftime and, and it didn't really work out. So I don't know. It's it, We talked about it in the past. Like it's fair to set the bar very high for this program. But I also think week to week, mm-hmm. we might need to chill out as a fan base a little bit. Um, in the heat of the moment, I get it. I'm as bad as anybody. I'm oh, actually I was worse too. And than then I, I think people were circulating some of the Signetti post-game comments where he said, mm-hmm. like, I lit a fire at halftime or whatever. I yeah. was so mad. And I was like, oh, yeah, they must have been terrible. And then rewatching it today, I'm like, wait, they no. turned over on downs at the 10-yard line. And then yeah. the half came at the – or they settled for a field goal one time. But, like, those were the four drives. Like, I don't know yeah. what else we're going to do here. You know? you know. I mean, I, and then the defense came out maybe a little bit too pumped up and miss some plays, let the receivers get behind them. Okay. Um, that ends up being like the problem wasn't the offense stalling as much as it was the defense gave up some long, non-point surrendering drives. Yeah, know? no, I, I, we should talk about that before we move on to looking ahead, Rob, because I think that's important to next week too, is I did want to say, I mean, one thing we have to remember with this Moorhead team, you know, we may we, we can say they don't have scholarships and obviously they're outmatched, but they did just play JMU like five months ago. So in terms of like, maybe we should watch that tape and see if there's something we can do. And they clearly were like, they think we're going to run and we're going to throw these like medium range, five to 10 yard on the sideline plays. And they're not, they don't have the defense for that. And that worked for a little while, a drive or two. And then JMU made the adjustment and it didn't work anymore. And yeah, I, I do think, yeah, I mean, defensively, I don't, I'm with you. I just, I also think the thing we have to get used to, Rob, and used to talk about it, a slow blowout with Houston, the Houston teams. I think the thing we have to get used to is th- you saw that quarterback. It's one thing to like hang in there for a couple of drives or a quarter or two, but his feet sped up later in the, as the game came on. And one thing I think we're going to have to get used to with JMU is a little bit of, we have to give the defense a little leeway early 
and it's going to build because of the depth we've talked about. Yeah. I mean, by the third quarter, they were just, you know, I mean, they're when you're rolling in brand new linemen. I mean, that play that Jalen Green made, I guess that was even the end of the first half where he stripped the ball and almost recovered it. And I forgot Jalen Green, like, I forgot he was in the lineup at that point. Yeah. You know? And then, like, suddenly I'm like, here's a guy I love. And now, and, I, and, he, and everyone changed numbers, and I'm old and I'm mad about that because I can't tell who's who anymore. But, and, um, but the one, uniforms are great, but the, the names on the back are, are unreadable. Fine. Yeah, they're unreadable. They're, they're, they're terrible. Yeah. And I thought it was just me being old. My boys said the same thing. They're like, no, you can't. First of all, they're like right in the light. So there's the glare, yeah. but they're also such block letters. It just looks like a Lego brick or something. No yeah. matter how it, they're, that's, yeah. It's oh, a I watched it's a the Cole Potts, I, I watched the Cole Potts play. I rewound it like four times. Cause I was like, I want to make sure I ha- I'm talking about the right guy. The right guy. Like, yeah. And I didn't know after the Liam injury, there was some like shuffling on the line. And so I was worried that, um, like, I didn't know who was playing what position sort of and so i was like i want to rewatch that but i couldn't tell the name and i could barely tell the number he's 66 so i could like barely even tell that but yeah you're right that's tough um but yeah i think the defense is going to do some of this and i think their aggression is eventually going to play off in big plays which it did here you know the interception at the end of the half the in the third quarter they really started getting to the quarterback i mean that's where the offensive line starts to wear down and and that kind of stuff so it's going to be fun but Rob, we're gonna we don't we get to be crazy fans now because this is real season right away. Yeah, this week and uh, Maine lost at home to Delaware, thirty five twenty five. Do I have that right? Thirty eight twenty five or something. Yeah, thirty four twenty four. Ten point loss in a game that they gave up the first seventeen points and then scored twenty four unanswered in the second quarter including a blocked punt. Uh, they threw the ball all over Delaware. Uh, you know, had a lot. They did not run the ball very well against Delaware. Now, Delaware, you know, semifinalists from the spring, number fifth ranked team, fairly strong defensively, we thought. They clearly gave up some throwing it around the yard. I, I, I just meant to say, it looks like we're going to get a real test this week for JMU with Maine coming down here. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I still think JMU should be favored, but like, this is not – I didn't know what to make of Maine. I, I just didn't know what to make of anyone off the spring. And then, obviously, they played well against tough, real competition this past weekend, uh, which JMU did, you know, did not Isn't play. that kind of normal for Maine, though? Didn't, it didn't is. They used to open up against New Hampshire a lot. And they, they seem did. to play a lot of CA games early. I don't know if that's just to quirks of tra- like traveling or if it's like late winter they've got regional New England rivalries or something. But – it seems to me like this is not unusual for Maine to kind of hit the it gates. I've never totally it, but... understood. I thought maybe that rivalry game with New Hampshire was a thing for a while at the beginning of the season. Now it's been moved later. But, yeah, I mean, they do seem to do that. I don't know if it's a weather thing. They like to play some of these bigger games early. I, I don't know. I know that Maine usually plays two FBS games, and so they sort of take them whenever the open weeks are there for the teams they're playing. Maybe that's it. Maybe they reserve it. Yeah, them. and they probably hold – uh, they, you know, JMU has been fortunate that we can schedule Richmond for homecoming and still have like a pretty good chance of winning. Yeah. When, if you're Maine, I think that's when you hold back your, your Moorhead State game to make sure you get a good time. Right. Exactly. So anyways, but it looks like Maine can throw it around a little, um, you know, we'll see. It, it could, there could be some points scored this weekend because they didn't slow Delaware too much. And I don't think Delaware's quarterback is, 
at anywhere near the level that JMU's passing attack is playing right at the moment. So we'll see, but I'm just, I'm, I think I'm most looking forward, Rob, to seeing how JMU's defense holds up against Maine this weekend, and particularly in the, in the back, the back part of the defense. I thought the DBs played pretty well this week. I, I actually, I, I mean, I, said I, it, I, thought they yeah, well. I mean, there were the penalties annoyed me, but there was a lot of aggression. There were a lot of people in the right place. I mean, they got beat over the top a couple times. I thought they were a little bit lucky that Moorhead didn't hit one or two of those early on. Yeah. Um, but the combination of JMU's D-line pressure and then the back end, I, I think is a good thing. And yeah. I'm just I, – I thought those guys seemed – they seemed – I don't know. There seemed like there was uh, – you know, I don't want to just call it swag, but it's just the confidence seems back on this team in a way that I don't know. I think the spring was so weird. It was just hard to feel that way, but they look like a group that they want to do some things. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see how the back end of the defense holds up against what looked this weekend, at least like a pretty, a a very competent main passing attack. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't, it did main sort of looks like they almost gave up on the, I mean, I think the leading rusher had 38 yards against Selwer. So clearly Maine kind of like gave up on that. Somebody has switched New Hampshire and Maine. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and, and look, they got down 17, nothing. It kind of dictated. They were losing in the second half. So maybe it kind of dictated yeah. what happened, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this should be a real test for James defense. So that's, that's probably for me, my, my top thing this week. How about you? Um, I guess the, the running back rotation. I'm curious to see if the coaches saw the same things that we did. And they're like, well, we got to find more ways. Like, can we spread the ball around? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think it, I think it would benefit them to do it early and often and get as many people touching the ball as you can before you settle into the groove, both with the receivers Mm -hmm. and the running backs. Mm -hmm. Um, Just for all the reasons we, we stated earlier in terms of variety and depth and everything like that. So I think that there certainly were some things that if we can see it, the coaches saw it mm-hmm. and there's the opportunity just to get guys in space and to mix it up. So I thought that last week's game plan was kind of a masterclass in terms of coming into one of these quote unquote preseason games and still making everything pretty dynamic, kept, kept the defense guessing. So I think as excited as you are about the DBs, I'm just as excited about Montgomery really kind of coming into his own and having full control of this offense. Good. I think it's gonna be cool. Yeah. It so. should it. It, it, it certainly should be. And this, this, it's exciting to get to have, I'm glad to have a conference game to watch this week. Uh, you know, I, I told you I'm, I'm the odd bird who thinks this is a fun schedule this year. Everybody else yeah. is complaining about no FBS games. I'm like, yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be nice to be one of the teams that pulled off an upset, like the six that did six uh, and some week. real deal ones. In fact, not, uh, um, yeah, we should talk about that. Not a great wake for JMU for things that were totally out of their control. In terms of like they dropped in the rankings, and I don't expect them to move back up given the results we saw, unless something really. Something I mean, people big. are going to have to yeah. lose for these yeah. rankings to shake up, and and that's not even a. I'm not like saying that's not the right thing. Like that win by Montana over Washington is that's a that's real a, win. That's a big time W, right? The yeah. Colorado State win, like th- th- there's some there were some big W's from the. You know, these were these were good wins this week from FCI. And like I'll say, Holy Cross didn't shock me being yeah, Michigan, but Holy Cross is going to run away with the Patriot League. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. seeing for a while now that is a team on the rise, and they're going to be. They have the potential 
to be the rare Patriot League team that can win a game in the playoffs. It might mm-hmm. not be, it wasn't last year. It might not be this year, mm-hmm. but they've got a lot of talent. That QB is good. He's only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. They had a great recruiting class when BMAC came on what, two yeah. years ago. He said they yeah, were the 2019 class. Um, my cousin's kid is now in the starting lineup corner. Like they've got a lot of talent. Yeah. And a year in the Patriot League did not have a pretty good weekend otherwise. Villanova destroyed Lehigh. Um, yeah. I think Holy Cross is going to really just dominate people and they could be they could they're already in the top 25 they could sneak up there and definitely be a program on the rise be really nice if villanova or someone like we need one of our northern teams to get in the playoffs and keep holy cross up there yes in the playoffs, right? like yeah um yeah. and actually even you know i i mean the caa did not kind of a mixed bag this week uh yeah you know the elon loss to wofford was a little bit disappointing i thought albany showed pretty well against ndsu so you know, not 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 the end of the world there, but it kind of a mixed bag. You know, we'll see. We get Maine this week, and here we go. Yeah, so this is gonna be a fun one. Uh, Rob, I think you have an overtime for us tonight, huh? Well, let's just keep it simple, and we we, we didn't need to overthink. Oh yeah, you got to go pick people up from practice here. I got yeah, I got to go pick up my kid from from baseball. Um, let's just do one or two albums each mm-hmm. that we're listening to, or okay. that maybe I don't know. We say recommendations or just what we're enjoying. Take that for what you want. I don't care if you want to listen to the same music as us, but what's what's an album you've been enjoying? You want me to go first? Um, you can go for. I, I I don't care. Yeah, I got a couple. I got I got at least two or three here. Yeah. So okay. I, I got I got two, and this will okay. be no surprise. Anybody who's listened to us, one of yours might be mine. Yeah. So. Sturgill. Yeah, yeah. Sturgill that would have been my second one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. This um, is the Ballad of Dude and Juanita. And Juanita it's a concept yeah. album. Yeah. Concept album loosely based on what he imagined to be the life of his grandfather. Uh-huh. It's really cool. As my wife said, it's like really country. It's a departure. Oh, um, it's an old it's, school. Yeah. this It's yeah. old school. There's some bluegrass elements, but I think it's really cool from the storytelling perspective, mm-hmm. but it's also just a fun album. Um, it did make me a little bit sad that he is saying this is it. This is the final Sturgill Simpson album. Uh. And that he always orig- envisioned it to be what, five albums, even though. I think with the cut and grass, didn't need to chew when this be six. But, yeah. But he said he, he wants to go be part of a band. So I'm excited about that. That would be so awesome. He said he, he's done as Sturgill Simpson, but he's not done as musician. He wants to play with real high quality band members. And supposedly he's already got a couple in the works that he wants to work with. So kind of sad we're done with him, but kind of excited to think about the future. Yeah, so that's a keep, good one. Can we keep Sierra Hall in the mix from the Blue yes. Sessions? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be fine if he just wants to go take, you know, be a member of that. Yeah, right, right, right. I could listen to that, you know, for decades. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've really been enjoying. And then I'm really loving this new Bleachers album, oh, Take yeah. the Sadness Out of Saturday Night. Uh, it's Jack Antonoff. Most people probably know him as Taylor Swift's producer, but he's got his own band. They released a single like mm-hmm. in the spring, Chinatown, that had Bruce Springsteen on it. And it's good, but there are better songs on the album. It's just a fun, upbeat kind of, I don't know, pop rockish. How would you describe it? If you yeah. He's got a great horn section, which always gets me excited. It's just good upbeat music, which is kind of what I need this, this time of year. Get me going, get me excited about fall. So that's the other one I've listened to. So what about not, you? yeah, not as upbeat, but very much in the same vein there. Um, the new big red machine album. Yeah. So also <laughs> more Jack Antonoff, Taylor Swift. Uh, involved in this i think taylor appears on two songs one of which sounds like it got like forgotten to put on her last album <laughs> like, <laughs> very similar yeah. um but this is you know big red machine is 
Justin Vernon from Bon Iver and one of the Destiners from the National, their side project. This is a really good album. And there's a couple people on here, like, um, and there's some Fleet Foxes on there. I'm a little bit torn on this because I think it's really good. This album is really, really good, but mm-hmm. it is kind of a quarantine album. Like a, there are some leftover quarantine stuff. The well, songs that, yeah. Pro- prolific during, during quarantine. quarantine. And there's yeah. this song with, I don't know how to pronounce Anais or Nias Mitchell. Yeah. A song that's on the radio a lot now or on Sirius a lot now um, called Latter Days. That's really good and bittersweet and sad and might be about a hurricane, might be about the pandemic, right? Yeah. Like, but it, it feels very last summer instead of this summer. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm like, I really love this, but I can't, like you, I, I kind of want some, like, sometimes I want some happier stuff. There yeah, is a little more stuff. upbeat stuff on this, which, you know, not that we don't all love the big Wisconsin energy from, from, from Justin Vernon at times. The whole but, scene and stuff like that. <laughs> right, right. But it is nice to have a little, uh, there's some rockers on here that are good. And the, and the song Renegades, the Taylor one that's on the radio, on the radio a lot now, that feels very popish, you know, pop rockish, yeah. um, fun. So that, that was mine. And then you're right, that Sturgill album. I did not even know that he said this is going to be the end. I, I really do hope he keeps playing. I mean, I guess that would be in line with his heroes, right? The Highwaymen and yeah, sort of be, you know, blending into a group later on might be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't care. I just hope we get to keep seeing him play guitar uh, yeah. somewhere. You know, I, yeah. I, that, I, I don't want him to go away, go away. He's, a, he's an amazing live performer, as you know. Um, yeah. So it's... I would love to catch him on a bluegrass tour. Um, yeah. I should think of anything else I've been listening to lately, Rob, but I, I don't know. I, I have to admit, so, you know, I love Lucy Dacus. I, I'm not, I have, it's taken me a long genius. time to come around yeah. to the, uh, the new Lucy Dacus solo album um, mm-hmm. has been slower to grow on me. Um, and I know there's, I think there's a new Casey Musgraves coming out pretty soon that I will be excited to, to hear. Um, I don't know. Maybe she's, who knows? Yeah. So that'll be good too. I would, I've been listening to a lot of Billy Strings. Oh, yeah. After seeing him just give a face melting performance um, that my whole family loved. So we listened to him a lot. And then I've been listening to a lot of Langhorn Slim as well, ah. um, which can be both. There's some very uplifting and earnest songs mm-hmm. of his, but then there's also some kind of down in the dump sort of music. But yeah, I don't know, there's there's so much good stuff up there. I keep going down like these YouTube rabbit holes of, <laughs> of live performances and going back to find old Austin City Limits and stuff like that. Well, Rob, we're going together to see Waxahachie and Jason Isbell next week at Wolfrap. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure th- that will be the next week. I will be yeah, yeah, <laughs> heavy rotation. Yeah, so and yeah, praying yeah. for good weather. Yeah, a week from tomorrow. So I don't know if we'll see anybody else out there, but um, really, yeah, really hoping for good weather. I mean, nothing better than a, a lawn seat at Wolfrap. So yes, yeah. Uh, cool. Anyways, well, good to talk to you, Rob. Um, this will be fun this weekend. So I'm sure we will talk a little bit more leading up to this week. So. And we, we'll get the blog back. We had some some memory difficulties <laughs> in, in terms of not knowing how we get back into it, and yeah. uh, then internet issues, and then we just thought, eh, we'll just start. We'll start with CAA week one. Yeah, so we, oh, we will wow. have a preview of some format. And I a, did. And a I did some yeah, and I did say this on the um, on on Twitter last week, but um, the we went to Cuban Burger on mm-hmm. Friday in Harrisonburg. And a friend had told us to get that. They have a, they call it a chop chop, but it's not, it's basically a Chipotle burrito bowl, but with, you know, better stuff. Better stuff. And the, yeah. let, let, not, not that weird aftertaste. 
It was fantastic. We had was such a good time. And they have some good beers. I love that place. I do too. Yeah. yeah. So that was really fun. So awesome. yeah, just no, no, no sponsor, but just, that was a fun. That's good fun food. Thing. Good food, yeah, good beers. Stuff. Yeah. So anyways, I will be looking forward to, Rob, I mean, this is going to be nervous time. I'm, I'm happy now, but I, I have a feeling Friday I'm going to be getting, getting yeah, into it. I, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw on Saturday night. I'm, I'm pretty confident about this. And oh. I'm upset about Fernando personally. Yeah. Uh, I think the team will rally. As long as we don't have any more injuries, I think this team's going to do some good things this year. Yeah, I think, and, and really the injuries, Saturday. not having the injuries on that position group is what we need to watch yeah. right now. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, we're, yeah. we don't want any injuries, but. It's the uh, least what I saw from the defense this group. week, I was like, they, they have like 100 people. I mean, there's like yes. 30 guys who can play on the defense right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, um, anyways, it will be fun. Rob, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Have a good week, everybody. Go Dukes. Thank you.